Hello, my name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings and take notes, and then I share them with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting on August 3rd, 2022. The first order of business was the monthly financial report, which often goes over my head, but I actually wrote stuff down for this one, so here you go. This was Interim Finance Director Will Jones's first financial report to Council. Welcome, Mr. Jones. He announced the launch of Phase 1 of the city's Open Finance Project, aptly named Open Budget. It can be found at openfinance.houstontx.gov. This is what Councilmember Kubash has been bothering the administration about and why he votes not to approve the monthly financial report every month in protest, so I'm really glad we can now move past that. A couple of council members praised the new portal and asked for a tutorial, which I agree would be nice. The city is seeing actual revenue from the recycling program now, which is great. And the only other thing I wrote down is that home sales are 8% lower than this time last year, while the average home price has risen to $355,000. When do we think this bubble's going to burst? Next up, the mayor's report. First, the mayor addressed the bombshell news that William Paul Thomas, the mayor's city council liaison, resigned on July 25th amidst allegations of corruption and bribery. This is exciting stuff. Mr. Thomas pleaded guilty to a federal charge of accepting a bribe from a bar to change their status to a restaurant so they could stay open during the pandemic. He also helped speed up their permitting process. Mayor Turner said that if the allegations are true, he will be very disappointed. He would not comment any further because he said he doesn't know anything else, nor does anyone on his executive team. The city has received 6,740 doses of the monkeypox vaccine and expects 16,000 more, 30% of which will be shared with the county. Turner said that cases are exponentially increasing and we want to be out in front of this virus, not chasing it from behind. Mayor Turner said the gun buyback event last Saturday was a success. 845 guns were collected, over $100,000 in Visa gift cards were distributed, and the event lasted until 6 p.m., even though it was supposed to end at noon. They did learn some lessons, though, like they will have more staffing next time to make the process quicker, and 3D printed guns, a.k.a. ghost guns, will not be accepted. Some attendees said they turned in guns they inherited and didn't want, or that they were concerned about their guns falling into the wrong hands if they were robbed. The mayor also spoke with one person who didn't really want to surrender their gun, but just needed the cash. There are a couple more events in the works in A-Leaf and the East End. The Houston Africa Energy Summit is next month on September 22nd and 23rd. Turner praised Bark for a record 389 adoptions last month, effectively clearing out the shelters. They're offering discounted $20 adoption fees all month. To keep the trend going, you can visit HoustonBark.com. And finally, he congratulated Bun B's Trill Burgers for winning Good Morning America's Best Burger competition. Some council members had some comments on the mayor's report. Councilmember Kamen remarked that the long lines at the gun buyback event make it clear that Houstonians are stepping up to address gun violence and safety. She shared some anecdotes from her conversations with attendees. One person inherited a sawed-off shotgun and wanted a safe way to dispose of it. Some people expressed that they don't want their gun to be resold because they're not sure what will happen to it afterwards. Councilmember Evan Shabazz said the event helps keep guns from getting into kids' hands by accident, and to do nothing is a travesty. She wants to see federal gun control legislation specifically for assault-style weapons. Councilmember Kubosh brought up a letter from Harris County DA Og criticizing the program and alleging that such an event is tantamount to tampering with evidence. He said we should defer to her. 
Mayor Turner said Og should have spoken up earlier than the day before the event was planned and also said she attended two meetings where it was discussed and said nothing. He said there are other DAs in the state that disagree and that the community response was overwhelming. HPD was meticulous, and he just didn't appreciate her critique of HPD. He began to bring up the backlog of court cases happening under Ogg's watch, but then he stopped himself in order to stay on task. Councilmember Martin switched topics and brought up NASA's upcoming Artemis launch on August 29th. Mayor Turner agreed it is a historic event because this mission will send the first woman and the first person of color to the moon. Councilmember Knox brought it back to the gun buyback event and referencing Turner's comments that there are too many guns on the streets asked Turner how many guns are acceptable on these streets. He asked if Mayor Turner wants all the guns to be taken away. Knox said that anyone can call HPD at any time to surrender a gun and they will be happy to come to your home and get it from you. He does not seem to understand the concept of incentivization or that some people don't want to invite cops into their homes. But anyways, Knox also said the only good part of the event was the surrender of ghost guns, which he says are the guns criminals want to use. He is critical of the city's decision not to accept those guns in the future, which also makes me wonder if he doesn't understand that people probably printed these guns just to come get the reward. It's really not likely they were circulating beforehand. Councilmember Jackson congratulated the mayor on a successful event and said we need to get guns off the streets. A constituent recently asked for help because her mentally ill daughter bought a gun and she's looking for ways to disarm her daughter for safety reasons. She pointedly asked Knox for suggestions on what to do in that kind of situation. He did not respond. Councilmember came and responded to Kubosh by explaining how HPD will process the guns that were turned in and pointed out that all of this information was covered at public safety committee meetings. Y'all know I love a good, which you would know if you bothered to attend the meetings, come back. To Councilmember Jackson, she said the Mayor's Commission Against Gun Violence is looking at safe storage options out of the home while the at-risk person is getting help and offered to share resources with her. Moving on to a few agenda items, and as always, there's a lot more that gets voted on that I don't include, so you can check out the agenda and the minutes if you really want to dig in yourself. Agenda item 12 approved a grant application for a federal COVID-19 economic development program. If awarded, the grant will give funds to micro enterprises, which means five or fewer employees in low and moderate income populations. Agenda item 18 approved reimbursing St. Anne's Catholic School for crossing guard expenses. There was some good discussion on this when I posted the notes on Instagram. Apparently, some HISD schools have been told there is not money for crossing guards. So it's good to keep an eye on who exactly they are funding. Agenda item 20 approved spending $290,000 on drainage and paving improvements for Cottage Grove East, which Councilmember Kamen described as, quote, an overdeveloped hell. She said the roads are so narrow that emergency response vehicles have been forced into ditches. There are no sidewalks and homes are consistently flooding. She said this is a prime example of what happens when development is unchecked. And there's also desperate need for similar measures in Cottage Grove West. Agenda item 17 doesn't sit right with me, and I'm going to lay it out for you, and you can tell me what you think. It approved an agreement with Montgomery County to enable the county's nomination of Wood Forest National Bank as a Texas Enterprise Zone, or TEZ, project. The TEZ is an economic development tool for local communities to partner with the state of Texas to promote job creation and capital investment. A TEZ zone is any census tract block group that has a 20% or higher poverty rate as determined by the census. Montgomery County intends to nominate Wood Forest National Bank as a TEZ project. 
The city approved a similar resolution for the county in Wood Forest Bank in 2016, which is located in the Woodlands. The project includes a capital investment of about $155 million to replace and install new bank line system software and other IT improvements. It would create a minimum of 10 jobs and retain the 673 existing jobs. I'm not saying that Wood Forest doesn't deserve this investment, but it just doesn't feel right to nominate a business in the Woodlands. Maybe my bigger issue is that the county is required to nominate a business in an area with only a 20% or higher poverty rate. I don't know. I really just don't know, but I feel like there might be more needy businesses and areas in general in Montgomery County. That's about all I have to say about it, but I'm very open to feedback on this one. I really like hearing what y'all have to say about it. Finally, here is a council member pop-offs. Many council members plugged back to school events and backpack drives coming up. Way too many to recount here. So if you have kids going back to school, check your district's website or newsletter or social media for events happening near you. Mayor Turner reminded everyone that there will be no council meeting next week and thanked the summer interns because it's their last week. Councilmember Evan Shabazz purchased 10 noise meters for the HPD Southeast Station. She said she hopes judges will enforce noise ordinance rules when perpetrators come before them. There's a McGregor Park cleanup on August 6th and a Riverside Park Festival on August 7th. Councilmember Martin plugged Kingwood and Clear Lake recycling events on Saturday, August 13th. Councilmember Castex Tatum plugged a Metro job fair on August 9th. And she again reminded everyone that you don't need a commercials driver's license for all Metro jobs. Councilmember Thomas plugged the second annual District F job fair on August 20th. Councilmember Plummer welcomed a new bilingual staff member and said that all communication from her office going forward will be in English and Spanish. She asked people to reference the apartment complaint checklist when filing complaints. We'll include a link. Councilmember Peck said many people are complaining about high water bills and asked that all water meters get the electronic reading devices installed so people can monitor their use and not be surprised when the bill comes. Councilmember Kamen advocated for more flood funding and plugged Houston Restaurant Week. And that's it. That was the meeting. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. We have one new supporter to thank, Bike Houston. I'm a really big fan of the work that Bike Houston does, so getting that notification was really special. If you're listening to this and you want to support, the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes, and we really appreciate it. You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes. This week's episode has music from Joe Wozni. It was recorded and produced by Connor Clifton. And that's it, everyone. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening. <laughs>